Y'all, there's just something you need to know. Holland and I get together every other week and we record between five and eight episodes in a day. It's a lot. We're here for it. Somehow today, I've ended up with this fun, sexy, smoky voice. Smoky voice. <laughs> That's what we're calling it. Um, I, I don't think I'm sick, but I've definitely used my voice a lot this week. Yeah. Um, but yes, we have ended up with a lower register today. Um, here's my disclaimer. I also can't laugh as high pitch as I <laughs> am used to. So there may be a little bit of the sounds of puberty in your ears right now. <laughs> Seems fine. Um, but, but here we are. So this will go for a few episodes and I apologize in advance or not really. Like, I think it's going to be a treat for y'all. So there's We're that. here for it. Thank you. We're yeah. here for it. <laughs> Consider this your fair warning. We talk fast. We move fast. We swear fast. So if you're listening at 2XP, you may miss some content, but you also miss the F-bombs. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Vanessa. And I'm Holland. You're listening to Ask Your Workwife, where every week we answer your questions about how to get more out of corporate America. Hey, Workwives. I just became a manager of a small team this year. It's been so nerve-wracking, but so good for me. Like, I've learned a lot. My question is, Performance reviews are coming up and I don't know what I'm doing. Have you ever given a performance review as a manager? How did you do it without hurting anyone on your team's feelings? This is Trisha from Minneapolis. Hi, Trisha. Welcome to first time managing land. Yeah, the struggle's real. The struggle is real. <laughs> um, I think giving feedback in general, like giving critical, like advice, feedback. Like if you had to tell your friend that she like should have handled that differently yeah, or your mom or your, like, I don't know, like it's hard anyway, like relationships are hard, <laughs> but like all of a sudden you now have somebody's livelihood on the line. Right. And what you say is now noted by HR and has an impact on their career, their livelihood, their future at this company, their successes elsewhere. Uh. Like, Whoa, <laughs> that's <laughs> a lot. I was listening to an interview with uh, Dax Shepard and Kristen Bell this morning. Uh-huh. They're married, obviously. Yeah. So there's a movie that Dax Shepard like wrote, directed, and starred as the male lead. And then oh, okay. Kristen Bell is he like- He wrote, directed, and starred as the male lead. Yeah, and she was a female lead. Oh. Right. So they're, and they're husband and wife, and they're having- In real life. Yeah, yeah. And, and in the movie. In the movie? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And they're having this like conversation, and the interviewer was like, what was it like to give directing notes to your wife on Who's- how to have a more- emotionally involved conversation with you in this scene or whatever. Yeah, uh-huh. And he was like, it was difficult. <laughs> and then he just moves on from it. It's so oh, no. it's funny. I died. I oh, was like, so funny. I was like, I couldn't imagine. Like that's the only scenario in which I imagine the pressure is greater than what you're about to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. But yeah, sure. we'll stick to the impact on your professional life for this conversation. Well, yeah. But like, that's the thing is like, it is the impact on your professional life and you're a human being yeah. with feelings. And it feels like, I think at its worst, I love what you said, Trisha, like, how do you do it without hurting anybody's feelings? Mm-hmm. And I think the implication there is like, because as if you as a person would be hurting them or you as a person are judging yes. them as a person. Accurate. And I think there's a reframe in there that I've learned recently this year as a manager too, of like, how do we not treat it like one human being judging another human being 100%. and put it back where it belongs in the corporate America space. And that's what we're going to, talk with you about today treasure because if you're anything like me what we're about to discuss will make you feel a lot more comfortable and frankly empowered around you know giving these performance reviews to your team 100 percent. let's get into it 
If you want bite-sized information about how to get more out of corporate America, follow us on Instagram at AskYourWorkWife. Okay, Trisha, the reframe around giving performance reviews as a manager is a shift from one human judging another to you representing the company giving performance feedback. So it's not that you're judging anybody. It's that the company needs you to evaluate someone on their behalf. Right. Like I would take the you and the judging out. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. like it's, it's fairly easy to say like, oh, you're not judging them. The company is, but also let's take the word yeah, judging out. You I like know what that I'm saying? too. Like, it was just like the it's company. It's feedback. It's yeah. performance. It's evaluation. Yeah. The, the company is, has made an investment in you and they need to make sure they're getting an ROI. And what that looks like is. What's the minimum viable product? Is it getting done? Yes or no? Are you performing the task they hired you to perform? That's a performance evaluation. And for some high achievers, overachievers, you know, firstborn daughters with a problem, like, <laughs> you have to remind them you're doing great, honey, <laughs> like yeah. at the base level things. And mm-hmm. that is the key because they have essentially provided you a specific rubric via which to provide this feedback. And yeah. it's called a job description. Exactly. We love job description. <laughs> we love a job description. And, and, it, and the reason the job description exists is because as a company, they have tasks that need to be performed in order to meet their bottom line requirements to whoever, their shareholders, their customers, like whoever the audience for that particular thing is. And so they've made a list, a very nice list of shit <laughs> that you need to do. Exactly, right? <laughs> right. And and every one of us, especially Ask Your Wife Women, want to go above and beyond the job description. But we've talked about this in episode 18, the elasticity clause. If you're not performing your actual job description because you're off doing other stretch projects, it's time to dial that back in and get mm-hmm. back to basics, right? Exactly. So a performance evaluation is simply that. Are the tasks that need like bare minimum need to be performed in order to keep us afloat, in order to keep us on track for our shareholders, whatever, whatever. Are those getting done? Yes or no? That's what it is. Yeah, it's 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 just a matter of like, are you doing your job? And the same way that as an employee that can help you reframe your um, relationship to an evaluation, it should also help you as a manager reframe mm-hmm. how you're approaching the evaluation. Right. Like are the systems that are in place or set up by the company that you manage because you're the manager, right. are they putting your employees in a place where they can do their job? They feel empowered to do that and well, it's sorry. working, right? Yeah. Like well, I, I love, I love that reframe of like the performance evaluation is a performance evaluation of the entire system, not just you. Like mm-hmm. the company's not judging you. You're not judging your employee or, you know, your direct report. Mm-hmm. But like, this is a time for all of us to check in and see how things are going. Right? Absolutely. And if there's something we need to tweak in me as a manager's performance and you as a direct reports performance, or even in the whole corporate America system. Now we're, now we're down to move to spheres of concern again. Yeah. All those systems and tactics definitely come into play when it comes to conducting these performance evaluations. So let's get into that after this next break. Trisha. The bigger your company, the more structure that there is probably in place around these performance evaluations. Yeah, 100%. Um, but in my career, I've seen like a sliding scale of preparedness for these types of oh performance evaluations. Same. Right? Like <laughs> I've, I've heard about performance evals where like it's same company wide and that company's global and that company has 45,000 employees. It's great. I've had the experience where it's like my manager makes her own performance eval kind of structures and that's what we work within. I've also experienced of having to do the same thing of like, okay, let's create some structure around which to conduct this performance eval. And I've been so, in a situation where there were absolutely no feedback loops <laughs> in a company whatsoever. So, you know, yeah, <laughs> no formality, no formality whatsoever. Um, but just know that like 
depending on your company's level of standardization. Like you may fall somewhere in here. Mm -hmm. No matter what though, we're going to give you a few ways to conduct this performance evaluation that give you structure and objectivity and neutrality around how to give this feedback. So as we mentioned before, the base level rubric for this performance eval is always the job description. Mm -hmm. Secondly, your company might provide a competency matrix, Mm -hmm. which is describing what is expected by a performer of any department on every level. So like Mm -hmm. levels one through 12, however many levels your company might have, starting from your, you know, associate specialist (laughs) all the way up to your like senior VP, right? And those are usually mapped to titles Mm -hmm. or like pay levels, right? Correct. So you may have the same title, but like you're within, you may have several different titles, but you're within the same pay level. That competency matrix exists there. Sometimes that's the, the one tied to pay level is not, totally public within the company, Mm -hmm. but you can poke around and find it. I promise. That's that's at least some (laughs) version of it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. And this is basically describing like, you know, what you should be able to do on your level, the level above you, level below you and so forth. The last thing you might use to standardize and objectify your uh, performance eval process is using your company values. Yeah. Um, So companies have, I don't know, between three and seven, you know, usually like, (laughs) you know, you know, these are lenses through which to view is this employee aligned with what we're trying to accomplish here? And that's mm-hmm. codified by the values. And and some of those can be a little tricky, like attitude, right? Yeah. I, I, w- I would recommend you stay away from like tone and attitude things and down to like, do you act in integrity? Which is, do you say things that are accurate and do you perform to what you're going to say? Yeah, keep it as not subjective as possible. Right, exactly. Great. So like, you know, if there's a value around like stick-to-itiveness or a can-do attitude. I need something more concrete. Yeah, well said. So tactically, what, what that might look like, and this is what I've done in the past, is basically taking all these inputs from your job description, maybe the competency matrix and maybe the company values and saying, give your employee a rating on, on each of those line items. So if you put it in table, if you put it whatever, it doesn't matter. But like, make sure that you're saying good, better, best on every single one of those items. Totally. It's like A through F. It's one through five. It's one through 10. It's Mm -hmm. green, yellow, red. Something I've seen in the past that I really, really liked was um, my manager basically put the, like the bullets on one side uh, in one column in Mm -hmm. a second column, she left room for me to evaluate myself. And then in a third column, she like had a place for her to evaluate me. So it was like, there's like this combo self eval manager eval. I freaking love performance reviews like that because like, it's such a good opportunity for you to like, have some self-reflection. The self-evaluation of performance evaluation just allows for that pause. Like, how about you sit and think quietly in the corner for a minute (laughs) about what you've done this year? (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Like, go think about what you've done. (laughs) It's giving mom. It's giving mom. (laughs) (laughs) But like, I I love stuff like that where you're like, okay, then then that as a manager allows you to see like, how do they see themselves in this? And then how do you see themselves in this? Yeah. Because like, it could be that they think they're doing amazing and you don't. And those likely become the most salient discussion points as points of um, discrepancy between their evaluation and yours. Totally. And it, it may bring to light like, part of this rubric that you hold, but they're not aware of as part of a training program that I was in. I was in a call center for like two weeks. They kicked me out really quickly. It was very fun into like a different department really quickly because my average call time was 45 minutes. I was told, sorry, just to pause as the producer of this podcast, that explains so much. (laughs) Carry on with your story. I was told that my primary goal was to coach the person on the phone. Oh, Mm -hmm. and to find, so if that's your primary KPI, 
according to this, you weren't being judged on call time. No, not at all. And, and in order for me to really coach them, I had to get down to between the lines of what the real problem was. Damn. And like, we had some incredible breakthroughs. Like my calls. They, they should were, have been paying you. I know, right? <laughs> Fuckers. <laughs> but like, my calls were incredible and wonderful. People were crying. Obviously, no one's surprised. But like, when you take the average call center time from like two minutes to like half an hour, because my 45 minutes. Because of you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're I'm the problem. problem. <laughs> that, that was one of those things. Like, I didn't know that was a metric that I was supposed to be aware of. Mm-hmm. Right. So in my performance, I was like, Oh, I, five like, out of five. Yeah. I was like, I did a great job. They, they felt incredible after this and we got to the root cause of their problem and they're going to solve it. And they're calling me next week to follow up. And like their, their individual performance is going it, up. Yeah. Totally. So I was a hundred percent a success <laughs> until we got down to like, <laughs> my managers, like my call center managers, like performance value, like, so Vanessa, this 45 minute number, I'm like, uh-huh. It's a problem. Like it is. Right. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Salient discussion. Yeah. Points. Uh-huh. <laughs> I went to supply chain after that. Then now she's here. It's <laughs> <laughs> incredible. Something else super important, especially because this is an emotional thing and an important thing for your direct reports. You should deliver this evaluation at least, at least 24 hours in advance. Mm. We do that with statuses and one-on-ones. Like you should have your, and any other meeting should have your agenda out the door, you know, to the stakeholders in 24 hours. I would even say like, if you can get, get it 48 hours out, you know, this is happening. Yes. It's not a surprise. It's not surprise. You've been, you've known that there's a range of dates that HR has provided that you have to complete this evaluation within, you know, they're coming. They have probably have an every quarter, every half, mm-hmm. at least every year, hopefully at least every year. <laughs> yeah. Don't, uh, don't procrastinate it. Yeah. Don't, don't let the like newness of it force you to procrastinate it um, or think it's scary because it's going to come off as a better conversation if it's not rushed. Like that's another way to like Beautiful make it said. not judgy. Put a hold on your calendar for the 30 minutes after yes. this call just to hold space for the thing mm-hmm. like yeah i'd say at least this is an hour conversation 100 percent, with maybe a half hour buffer and it may be over in 10 minutes which is fine maybe a red flag but like <laughs> <laughs> maybe a red flag for the both of you yeah, yeah. yeah the holding space is a nice note i like that yeah and then the last kind of tactical piece of advice here trisha that we wanted to provide is like when it comes to discussing these points of evaluation like the more specific you can be the better for better or for worse on yeah. examples given around these like specific KPIs, these bullet points, these job descriptions, like whatever it is that you're evaluating on. This is a hundred percent ask your wife value. We want every single one of these episodes to be immediately actionable. So that's how your performance evaluation feedback should be as well. Mm-hmm. Like here is, here is the gap, right? Here's the discrepancy between what your job description says and what you're doing. And then here's an example of it just to, just to f- double down on the point. And then here's what you can do about it today. I love that. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Thank you. So Trisha, I think that's like really the nuts and bolts of how to think about how these, about these performance reviews and then how to do them. We do have a couple of bonus notes for you. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, this is the content I'm here for. So we'll do that in just a second. Okay. Last few bullet points. First and foremost, this is my, <laughs> you're going to laugh when I Wait, say this. She's already laughing. What are we laughing about? I'll laugh with you, but what are Thank we laughing you. about? This is something I tell everyone. If you're surprised at a meeting, <laughs> you are not the person that that meeting was for. Oh. See what I mean? Yeah. This is a whole nother episode, but it applies here. Just meaning like nothing you say in a performance evaluation, a performance review meeting should be a surprise to your direct report. 
Why? You, because you, you're constantly giving feedback to them yes. in your monthly one-on-ones. Like, yes, this is the point of having those one-on-ones and like it is on your direct reports to drive those meetings. Mm-hmm. They are their meetings. Yep. Those one-on-ones are their meetings, but you should be giving critical feedback every All single fucking month. Like and this they is not be, a surprise. They should be asking for it, frankly. Like uh, they should be asking for it. I want it. Like I, <laughs> I want it. Live on feedback. And, and really all that performance review is, is the HR required codification sure. of that critical feedback, right? Yeah, because the one-on-ones and stats is to stay just between you two. Exactly. But like once a year, HR needs to check it and make sure that the business is being taken care of. That's all this is. Absolutely. So it shouldn't be a, should, should never be a surprise. There's two other benefits of statuses and one-on-ones for you here. From those one-on-ones, you should know what your employees' goals are, what your direct reports' goals yeah. are. And that helps you frame the conversation. Like, um, for example, within a competency matrix, you'll sometimes see like there's a manager track or an IC track Mm -hmm. and those expectations might be different. If you don't know what your, like what your team member is trying to accomplish, like that would make it harder to give you feedback, but because of those one-on-ones, you should have better insight into what their goals are that could give you better, that could allow you to give better feedback to them. Yeah. Like if your direct report wants to be an individual contributor and you're giving them failing grades on leadership. Yeah, totally. Okay. Well, (laughs) that's not what they want. That's a misalignment. Uh Uh-huh. Totally. Beautiful. Yeah. And then the last thing that's so great about statuses and one-on-ones is that like, you now have documentation that can help you avoid recency bias. Because yeah, inevitably, performance evaluations are going to be the week that your direct report has a fuck up. Right, right, they just right, are. Right, like, right, I don't right, know right. if this is like Murphy's Law or Schadenfreude. Like, I don't know well, what it is. But like, the way the human mind works is like you you remember negativity totally. more than you do positivity. So you have to yes. ex- make extra effort for that. Yeah. So, um, But if you go into your, this is why we tell everyone to, when they send their one-on-one, their status to their manager, use the same subject line. Right, right. right. Status update and the date. Because then as a manager, all you have to do is go into your inbox and search status update from holland and you have all of them and you're just like okay where where's the quarter great let's go read through yeah these yeah, yeah we've oh, got the running document model too holland did that like, i forgot about that like it's exactly mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah sorry the, the same document right yeah yeah exactly mm-hmm. it's like either way you do it and it helps you avoid the recency bias totally and like my favorite <laughs> my favorite thing about the recency bias if you've never experienced this before i never heard of this term before you should go look up the hungry judge effect there's a massive study that was done <laughs> this blew my <laughs> mind when i read about this it's about like about decisions and cases like literal cases made by judges granting parole wasn't it yes yeah 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 yes i'm gonna read this now We're, we've now Carry pulled on. up the article this found that the granting of parole was 65 at the start of a session but would drop to nearly zero nearly zero before lunch before a meal break like welcome to <laughs> welcome to my life that's exactly how i would run that because man i get hangry i cannot think i cannot be compassionate i'm like mm-hmm. give me the fuck out of here you're wasting my time like it's that irritability right it's like ah recency bias like there's some other pressure that's going on there's something i'm remembering yeah. more than just like taking a real objective evaluation of this situation another reason to right? have that buffer time in your schedule yes trisha I hope this episode has given you a lot to think about <laughs> has taken. No, it has taken away your trepidation, giving you less to think about. Oh, less um, to think about. Okay. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. Carry on. <laughs> and, and, and please follow up with us. Let us know how it all goes. Got a question for ask your work wife, record your question and email the recording to help at askyourworkwife.com include your name, your city if you want, and whatever context might be useful for us to know. And don't forget to start with, hey, work wives.
<laughs> the judges though. Um, Note We're not ask- using the word judges. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no, for ask your wife woman, if you ever find yourself needing parole, get the 8am slot. <laughs> it's actionable. So there's your immediately actionable <laughs> advice from this episode. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. <laughs>